Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Your biggest heartbreaks. History made by Appalachian State. They win an unprecedented third straight national championship. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. And Appalachian State has done it again. The wait is over. College football is here. And here we go, folks. It is team week with Appalachian State. That intro never gets old. Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit that text line 704-570-9610. I got a feeling that our text line is about to be swarming with Appalachian State fans as we talk about the Mountaineers. So we start the week every week talking about recent history with the program. And this has been a very successful program now not the greatest season for them last year but still finished 500 but to give you a few stats to get us going they've had a league best in the Sun Belt 59 and 16 record since the 2014 transition including being 26 and 11 in road games versus Sun Belt teams then at 86 and 30 in that same time frame they have the six most wins in the FBS after Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, and Oklahoma. And they've got a 48-9 and home record in that span. So very successful for this program, especially uh, in the Sun Belt Conference. They've been doing their thing. 100% they have. And what a weird season it was last year. I mean, how nuts was their season in 2022 where they open up their season losing to North Carolina with a 63 to 61 score. That was a great game. The game was on drugs. I mean, the <laughs> offense was explosive for both sides, and it's amazing that North Carolina was even able to pull out that victory. Next week, they have another upset of the ages, at least at the time, Texas A&M <laughs> going to Texas A&M, going to College Station. The Aggies are ranked sixth overall, and App State beats them 17 to 14. They win in week three, 32 to 28 on a Hail Mary. So you have three weeks in a row where there is something that is national storyline worthy. Offensive explosion week one, beating six-ranked Texas A&M on the road week two, and then beating Troy. Remember, game day was there in Boone for that game, and they delivered with the Hail Mary victory, and then they lose to James Madison 32 to 28. And losses would come a lot more frequently than anybody thought after that. You had a couple of wins. You had a one win against the Citadel. You lose to Texas State. You beat Georgia State, Robert Morris. All right, we're off and rolling again. And then you lose on the road, back-to-back weeks. Coastal Carolina, Marshall, you would eventually drop the last game of the season, the regular season, that is, to Georgia Southern, 51-48 in double overtime. Wes, 
one of the weirder seasons, and maybe App State fans can text us, 704-570-9610. Maybe App State fans can text us just to talk about what you thought of last year. Yeah. But I, I can't I, – I'm hard-pressed to find anything that was truly as outrageous as that one. Well, let me start this thing off. Let me set it off, okay? We know we talk about the teams I don't like on this program, and, uh, you know, I give you reasons why, and App State would fall into that category. Okay. Okay. Their fans, they love to come to Wake Forest games, wearing this stuff, and they like to call themselves the real black and gold. And I very much take umbrage to that. (laughs) And I'm going to try to be as objective as I can this week when I talk about the Mountaineers. And so when they get these upsets, man, do they act like that. It's just, you know, the Michigan upset, never take anything away from that. That was just college football history. But I say all that to say when they beat Texas A&M, which at the time we all thought was going to be a contending team in the SEC, but that win certainly got downgraded with the season that Texas A&M had. It just wasn't, it just didn't hit the same after Texas A&M kept losing week after week after week. And as you said, yes, it was an up and down season. The North Carolina game was tremendous. It was a lot of fun. I looked forward to watching that game because I knew the environment was going to be crazy and it delivered. And so uh, you're talking about a program now also, you know, just talking recent success. And this is another impressive fact for you. They have a streak of 37 straight seasons with a league record of 500 or better. And among current FBS programs, it's the longest streak by 14 years. Clemson, Oklahoma and Boise State have 23 in a row. And App also, they they just do well no matter because we know when you win at a school like App, you're going to get opportunities for jobs. So with three different head coaches, three different offensive coordinators, and three different defensive coordinators over four seasons, they have a 43-10 and record from 2018 to 2021. So this is a very resilient program. They recruit well. They find the right type of kids for their program. And they just win football games. And so last season... It was very up and down. They finished losing three of their last four. This is a team that, according to Athlon Sports, has them picked to finish fourth in the East. So we're going to see what they're going to be able to bring because the Sun Belt, by many accounts, is going to be a very tough road uh, to be successful in in 2023. Well, and they finished fourth in the East just last season. And, Wes, as you talk about those App State football fans – They're not going to take too kindly to that, right? Here they are finishing fourth within their division. They actually have a three and five conference record that is tied with their rival in Georgia Southern and also tied with Georgia State. I mean, you're one loss away from being second to last in the division, only being alongside Old Dominion as the two worst in the East. If you look at what they accomplished last year compared to what they've accomplished in years past, they were 500 right on that mark, six and six overall, three and five in conference play. In 2021, they were 10 and 4. In 2020, they were 9 and 3. 13 and 1, 11 and 2. Wes, you have to go all the way back to 2017, the last time that they had um, a, a record where you had less than double digit wins. I guess 2020 was 9 and 3 as well, but we all know the 2020 season was a little messed up due to COVID, obviously. So then you go back to 7 and 5 record in 2014 to get to anything as bad as what you had last year. Sean Clark takes over, successful his first two seasons. But still not to the same level as what you had with Satterfield after taking over for the legendary Jerry Moore. Yes. Six and six ain't going to cut it over there, Wes. No. I, 
I always hate asking these types of questions because I think Sean Clark <laughs> is a good coach. I just wonder how much pressure is on him because they don't have any patience. And I understand. You got three straight championships. You don't have any waiting period whatsoever to be successful as soon as you enter Division One again. You go to the Sun Belt, you're immediately 7-5. and five. And then you go 10-3, and three, and then your worst record is what last year was at 6-6. Six and six. So immediately when you start flirting with not being able to go to a bowl game, and now you're finished or you're predicted to finish fourth in your conference again, I just I wonder how much uh, App State fans are ready to get rid of Sean Clark if you see another year like that. I, I, I don't want it to happen, but I have to imagine those questions are there. Yeah, that's a place you're talking about since 2015, five seasons with double-digit wins walking. As you said, they've gotten accustomed to winning and winning big and being the biggie man of sorts for uh, the bigger FBS Power 5 programs. It's the team that you don't want to see come into your building because they've beaten some big teams. And yes, like I said, the Texas A&M win got downgraded as the season went on, but still at the time, it was the second week of the season. People thought that uh, Texas A&M was going to be something and they went in there and beat them. So I think that this is a program that they went in there and they turned the oven on and went back and sat down. It's preheating right now. They've mm-hmm. got it on 350 and they're waiting. They're hanging out. And so for Sean Clark, I think that at least eight wins is probably a minimum. I think if he finishes below that, they're going to be looking at him with the side eye. The seat will be starting to get a little bit warm. But I think if he puts up another six and six campaign or worse, then I think things could get very interesting for App State and the fans as far as what they're going to want. They're going to have a quarterback battle going into the fall when you talk about Ryan Berger or Joey Aguilar. And that's not a good place that you want to be coming into a 6-6 six and six season trying to figure out who your quarterback is going to be. Well, and, and as we talk about the coach, I'm, I'm not trying to fire Sean Clark before the season even starts. I just know that there's not a lot of patience as I keep making that point. But you go back to 2019 when they brought in Eli Drinkwitz. The guy only had one loss. And while Drinkwitz is honestly just a little bit weird on, you know, with his personality, not somebody we can remember uh, leaving the university thought of very fondly by that fan base after what was it like taking an ad out in the paper saying thank you to App State or whatever. It was very weird that ending, but he did clearly have a successful season before Sean Clark would take over. And the big thing about that hire was that App State fans wanted to stay in the family because they went outside it when they brought in Drequins. And he was very good. You had a 13-1 and record, but then Sean Clark comes in, 9-3, and 10-4. It's all good stuff. But even still, it felt like you didn't quite reach the heights that you wanted because your height is as the top as you possibly can get, really, with App State. Finishing as a ranked team at the end of the season, that's a goal that they strive for. Mm -hmm. Finishing to win the conference every single year, they're so successful. If you don't win the conference, I think App State fans view that as somewhat of a failure or certainly a disappointment. So if you go 500 and then you go, I don't even know, what, 7-5? and You talk about at least needing those eight wins. It's still going to feel underwhelming, and then you're going to be in this weird area where Doug Gillen is going to try to figure out, is that really enough to move on if you have eight wins 
It's a pretty good season, but objectively for App State, understanding what those fan what those fans ask for, that's going to be a weird territory to try to navigate going towards the future. You're not going to fire Clark with eight wins, I don't think. But man, the fact that it's even a question, I feel like that's a realistic possibility where that's a weird area to be in. And the thing too is, you want to flip that conference record around. You're talking since they've been in the Sun Belt, not having a losing record. I read you off some of the uh, great stats and facts there. So you want to flip that three and five around to at least five and three too because you don't want to have a losing record in conference yet again you really don't so this season is going to be interesting too if we just want to take just not along the lines of what we usually do to lead off team week but just a sneak peek you look at what they're going to do in 2023 you open up with Gardner Webb and then right off the bat once again on the road against North Carolina and you have back-to-back games are going to draw a lot of eyeballs with North Carolina in Chapel Hill this time yes sir and you have ECU right after that ECU not going to be ECU of whole nailers right of of you know last season they're still trying to refresh as we talked a lot about last week but yeah two big old games to start off the season within the carolinas which is a great thing because college football it is a local feel sport so i'm very happy to see some of those games that we're going to be talking about leading up to the college football season but huge start for app state especially with some of those local teams and the thing is you'd love to see those local battles man i always will find time to watch those games, App State versus North Carolina, App State versus East Carolina. Anytime you get those interstate battles, there's always going to be some interest there. And kudos for those teams for playing each other. But yeah, the schedule for sure. I mean, Coastal Carolina's a team that's going to be right up there. Southern Miss, Marshall. So App State for sure is going to have their work cut out for them. And I think those first Two out of those first three. Gardner Webb is is no slouch in in, in where they reside. Yeah, it's true. But you talk about North Carolina, East Carolina. Those are going to be big measuring sticks for App State early to see what they've got. Uh, because North Carolina, of course, they got Drake May. I would expect Carolina to roll in that game. But still, Carolina's replacing a lot, too. And then East Carolina is a program. I feel like them and App State at this point, both kind of searching to find some new guys to replace some great players for their program. And so I think that's going to be the real game to really let you know uh, what's going on with App State. So we'll see uh, how those things turn out. But that is our first segment of Team Week with App State. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Your biggest heartbreaks. History made by Appalachian State. They win an unprecedented third straight national championship. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. And Appalachian. 
Appalachian State has done it again. The wait is over. College football is here. Let me just say, man, if I was Brad Nessler recording that, I probably would have had to stop several times just to uh, get get myself together, man. The tears would have been flowing. The passion would have been at an all-time high reading an intro like that. I would venture to say that that is the greatest sports video game entrance of all time. Intro. I mean, I can't think of a better intro. Honestly, that's probably because I don't remember a lot of the intros. <laughs> you were a start guy. You would just hit start and then X, just X, go X, right X, to X, the X, screen. X, 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 yeah. X, 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 home screen. Gotcha. Yeah. I think I, I watched that one pretty much every time it came on, if I'm not mistaken. Fiddy is very offended that I said I wasn't a big intro guy. No, but uh, NBA 2K12, I remember being, that was with, I think, Jordan on the cover of the first, like. That was probably public service announcement as the song in the background. <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. That one's up there. And, oh, there was an old show uh, intro that was really good, but I don't remember what year. Maybe like 07? I think it was with Manny Ramirez on the cover? I thought you were talking about normal show, not MLB the show. And I was like, why in the world is that relevant? There was also a really good show intro, but I don't know what year. It was the most vague thing of all time. (laughs) But yes, MLB the show, they've had some decent ones. I watched it the first time, and then I don't watch it again. That's how it rolls. All right. Well, Team Week continues talking about Appalachian State. We are on the offensive side of the ball when we're talking about the Mountaineers right now. And last season, they ranked second in the Sun Belt in scoring offense at 34.9 points per game. They were second in the Sun Belt in yards per game at 455.3. They were also second in sacks against and third in offensive efficiency. So Chase Bryce and the crew, uh, they were definitely getting it done. But those guys are gone now. It is time to turn the page but this offense again top 20 nationally and passing touchdowns turnovers lost passing efficiency so this was this group has some big shoes to fill and they have one of the most highly regarded running back rooms that you will find now Cameron Peoples is gone and Datrix Harrington is gone but they've got Nate Noel who was a 1000 yard rusher in 2021 They've got Anderson Castle. They've got Armani Marshall, who was a Wake Forest transfer. And check this out. Kanye Roberts. Now, we know where his name was inspired from. There's no denying it there. He was a true freshman last year. He led the nation in rushing. No, no, I don't like to do disclaimers. How he ended up at App is beyond me, okay? Because this guy, in his senior season, had 3,511 rushing yards. And 64 touchdowns, 58 of which were rushing. He averaged 219 yards per game and 12 yards per carry. He was the nation's leading prep rusher in 2021. So I'm sure App fans are definitely waiting on Kanye Roberts to start to give them what he gave people in high school. And from 2012 to 2021, App State had 10 consecutive 1,000-yard running backs. So if you're a running back, this is the place to go. As I talked about, some of the key guys coming back, Nate Noel, this guy ran for over 1,000 yards in 2021, 11:26 to be exact. And he had 31 runs of 10-plus yards. So he's going to be back, and he's going to be hungry because Cameron Peoples came in there last year, and he was tote the mail. So Nate Noel will definitely want to start back. 
starting job back. Christian Horn and Deshaun Davis return at wide receiver combined. They had over 1,000 yards. So, Walker, what do you see when you look at this App State offense, especially when you're talking about if the quarterback position is up in the air right now? Looks like it's going to be between Ryan Berger and Joey Aguilar. So, yeah, you look at their passing yard rank in all of college football last year. They were 48th in passing yards. They were 21st in rushing yards. So, clearly, they were leaning on the run game. But they had a good offense overall, ranking 24th in college football, scoring about 35 points per game. It was the defense that took a little bit of a step back compared to where that defense has been in years past. So if you still lean on the running game, you know that you can be very effective doing that with some of the running back skill that you still have on this roster. But the QB battle, it's real right now. You don't have Chase Bryce. I was interested in what Bryce was going to do after transferring from Clemson to Duke and then Duke to App State, but pretty good year for Chase Bryce offensively. Now you're talking about somebody like Berger who comes in, Ryan Berger, quarterback, redshirt freshman. A lot of people really like his passing skills. 6'3", 190 pounds, so not a monster, but pretty big guy, at least with his height. He has unteachable accuracy, according to college football news, and he can hit the deep ball, so you wonder if the wide receiver room can hold up, if this is going to be a quarterback that can maybe challenge downfield a lot like Chase Bryce was able to do at some times just last season, especially in that first game against North Carolina where they put 60 up, and it was a lot on the running game, but we were able to see Bryce also have an effective contest. So we'll see what happens here. You do have Joey Aguilar as well. Bigger dude, not as accurate. So what wins out? Is it going to be maybe a little bit more of an athlete that you have in Aguilar, who's a bigger, can take more of a pounding when he's in the pocket? Or are you talking about Berger, who is a little more accurate? That's what I'm interested in seeing. Berger is the favorite, in my opinion. I don't know if you see it that way, Wes. It does seem it seems like he has the, the lead, but by no means is it a foregone conclusion. Yeah, and for everything that's documented, it looks like that Berger is going to be the guy. And so there's been uh, a little bit, we talked about how we feel like they could do just a touch in the Sun Belt, but let's Let's check out Phil Steele's cut because he has high hopes for App State in 2023. Or does he? They've got seven starters back on offense. You know, they have to replace their quarterback, but I think they'll do okay there. You're going to see more quarterback runs this year than you did last year. It's going to get back to App State football where they run the quarterback. And defensively, they look pretty good. And when I look at their schedule this year, I only have an underdog against North Carolina, a slight underdog at Wyoming, and a slight underdog against James Madison. I've got them winning the SBC East, getting back to the Sun Belt title game. And I think App State fans can be a lot happier this year. Yeah, so he definitely thinks this is a team uh, that can get the job done and replace Berger. As you said, looks like he has a lot of potential. And running the football is the name of the game uh, for this crew. And I think when you're physical and play good defense, you'll always give yourself a chance. I said before they had 10 consecutive 1,000 yards running backs uh, back there. And so this offense, too, is crazy because when you look at their record last season, when they scored 20 to 29 points, they were 1-4. and four. But when they scored 30-plus points, they were four and one. So uh, you would think 20 to 29 points, especially when you get up in that higher end, 28, 29, could be enough uh, to get you some wins. But they didn't do very well when that happened. But 30-plus points, they were almost uh, unbeatable. So I think this is a, a physical group, and they're going to bounce back, as Phil Steele said, was trying to run the football because that is the thing that App does. 
just about better than a lot of teams in the Sun Belt. Yeah, and so if you can get him settled into the lineup, it'll be fantastic. You do wonder just how explosive this offense can be. They have a new play caller as well. They have Frank Ponce as the new play caller with App State. You did mention Nate Noel. You have to imagine they're going to lean on him quite a bit. And so you wonder how different this offense is going to look. But then you talk about what you had with Phil Steele saying it's going to get back to App State football, that it's going to actually go back to something that the Mountaineers and their fan base are a little more familiar with, which might be exactly what the doctor ordered for a six and six football team that isn't used to finishing anything around 500 it's usually eight wins at the worst usually nine and you're flirting with 10 in conference championships which is certainly something that eluded them last year so i wonder if that familiarity the new play caller is just what they ordered along with ryan Berger, who does have potential to be a lot of fun at that qb spot even if it isn't a foregone conclusion as i mentioned that he is going to be the starter and i think the thing too that will help him a lot especially when you have a new quarterback is that running game we know the app as i said that the physicality there's no question there, and i think that will help ease him into the offense, especially having a plethora of backs to hand the football to, and that also helps as most people know, when you have a lot of guys, you can wear down those defenses and uh, win some of those games down the stretch. So I think App is in good standing as far as offense goes. I can't wait to see uh, what Nate Noel does, though, with him coming back. He's a Florida kid, so you know he's going to bring the excitement, the speed. And so I, I, I'm excited to see what he's got. And as I said, experienced receivers out there. Horn had 33 catches for 600 yards and four touchdowns. Deshaun Davis had 37 catches for 441 yards and three touchdowns. So we didn't touch on it a lot, but as far as a wide receiver, you're not going to yeah. put up big numbers, but as long as you're there to make the plays when need be, that's going to be big uh, also for a new starter at quarterback. So before we move on, we can even just set the foundation for tomorrow's defensive segment. Wes, that's going to be the thing that needs to improve. I think, yes. I think both you and I feel pretty good about App State's offense picking up where it left off with some of those big high-scoring games where they ranked, you know, top 50 was the worst, right? And that was their passing yard total every single contest. We do expect them to have a good wide receiver room. We expect the quarterback transition to happen pretty smoothly. They do have talent there. And also the rushing tack is going to be explosive. We know that's going to happen. It's all about the defense. Can their defense come back? And we'll talk about that a lot more in detail tomorrow. Yep, so team, we will continue. App State, we're going to continue to get into the nitty-gritty and get you guys ready for their season this year. Can they be Sunbelt champs? We sh- McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Oh, the Michigan Wolverines! 
biggest heartbreaks. History made by Appalachian State. They win an unprecedented third straight national championship. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. And Appalachian State has done it again. The wait is over. College football is here. It's the tap that sign for me. At that point, that's when I'm just like full-blown, ready to rock when he says Head explodes. The energy builds up. Boom. Yeah. What? We'll play like a champion today. That's right, man. All right, here we go. Team Week continues. The Appalachian State defense. What can they do? Because, quite frankly, Walker Mail, they're going to need a lot of help. They weren't very good last year, and they had some losses at some key places. But let's run down the statistics just to give you a little bit of a blueprint. The defense was ninth in the Sun Belt, giving up around 27 points per game. They were fifth in yards allowed, ninth in defensive efficiency, eighth in sacks by seven interceptions, which was dead last in the Sun Belt, seventh in red zone defense, and 12th in third down conversion defense. And that stat right there is the killer. If you can't get off the field on third down, you're not going to be a very good defensive football team. But they've got some guys coming back and also some big transfers coming in. They got Sean Collins, a defensive end from Rutgers. They got Michael Fletcher, a defensive end from Michigan State. They got Jared Paul, a safety from Kansas. Tyler Funderburk, a cornerback from Richmond, whom they're really counting on. And this is a unit when I brought up the interceptions that's normally the name of their game. They've had 123 since 2015, and that's ranked third nationally in that span behind only Iowa and San Diego State. The linebackers are definitely going to be young. They have Andrew Parker back. He was second on the team in tackles, 60 tackles for him, three and a half tackles for loss. As I said, Ty- Tyreek, excuse me, Funderburg is a corner they came in from Richmond that they're going to be depending on Nick Ross, the team's leading tackler at safety. Listen, if a safety is your leading tackler, something is afoot. But he is back, and they will need him. Ronald Clark is also back there with him as well. So, yeah, so that's an overview of the App State defense defensively, and uh, they've got a lot that they need to get better at if they want to be more competitive in 2023. Well, and it got off to an awful start, right? They played North Carolina. They lose 63-61, to and Drake May in that North Carolina offense just goes nuclear in the second half. So that was crazy. They, in the big moments, did not stand up. And then you look at some of the other losses. They allowed 32 points to James Madison. They allowed 36 to Texas State. They allowed 35 to Coastal Carolina and 28, both of those on the road, the last one to Marshall. And then they gave up 51 points in a double a double overtime outing against Georgia Southern in their last outing of the regular season. Now, a couple of these games were on the road, and that's where they struggled as the season went on, as evidenced also by the 36 points they allowed to Texas State. At home, they were much better after that North Carolina game at the beginning of the season. So we'll see if they can start to balance that out a little bit more as their team goes into this year can they play as well as they did at home for the most part and replicate that on the road they're also bringing in a new play caller Wes yes so this is a new change for them they've got something different 
they're going to be bringing in uh, somebody that is a little familiar, Scott Sloan, who helped App State rise to prominence when you had that transition to the Division One level. He was there from 2010 to 2017, so you're bringing back a familiar face. And it's not just because he's familiar with the program you're bringing him back. This guy was very good. His defense is at Georgia Southern, going to a rival, by the way. It included a 2020 squad that was number one in the country for interceptions. So you're really going to see if this App State team can take a page from that book that Sloan had of Georgia Southern, even if the secondary is a little bit questionable this year, despite some transfers coming in, can you have that turnover margin back in your favor where you're just taking the football away? That will go a long way, especially to help the pass rush where you're depending on some new guys to step up. Yeah, a lot of new guys, as we said, on that defense. And so this is a uh, a division and a league for them that in the Sun Belt, you're going to face some really great talent. I mean, Marshall returns Rasheen Ali, who was a guy who ran for over 1,400 yards the previous year. He missed most of 2022. Then you're talking about that they also have a defense that led the Sun Belt in fewest points per game at 16 and only gave up 4.6 yards a snap. Then you've got James Madison, who you're also going to be looking up at. They led the Sun Belt in scoring at 37 points per game. Now, they do have some key players that they have to replace, including at quarterback. But this App State defense is going to have to be a unit that's going to have to step up because we talked about yesterday. They're still not 100% sure what they're going to do at quarterback. They've got some good skill talent coming back that is experienced, but this is a defense that's definitely going to need to help the young quarterback that they have to develop early, give the ball back to him at times because you look at that seven interceptions, man, that's just not cutting it. A defense especially needs to be opportunistic and if you can't get off the field on third downs you're going to need something to flip the tables on the other team so you're going to have to be able to get some turnovers in some capacity well and i say the secondary is a little questionable i really should be specific and say cornerback is a little questionable but it doesn't mean that they're not going to be good you mentioned tyreek funderburg coming over as a solid veteran corner so if their corners can hold up the safeties are studs, and it starts with Nick Ross, man. Like, that guy led the team in stops last year. Ronald Clark, also somebody that can run alongside him, and they can do a great job. Jordan Favors could be a team that it could be the guy that leads this team in tackles. So if your safeties, especially with Nick Ross, can help in coverage and maybe even help those linebackers, because I think if you go to the outside, you have some transfers going out of the program from this past season. So if the safeties can come up and help make plays, maybe in the running game, if they get past the defensive line or if the quarterback of the opposition wants to attack the intermediate area maybe that's where the safeties can play real aggressive coming up if your corners can hold so I think that's what you're looking at the guys on the outside can you cover wide receivers well enough one-on-one with minimal or not as much safety help they'll be able to do it but if you are getting beat in the intermediate area maybe your safeties can come up and help if your corners can hold their own on the outside that's what's going to be interesting but with Sloan being your defensive coordinator working wonders with the turnover margin man I think they're going to bounce back pretty well this season I really like what they have yeah and so when you look at it too another thing that helped them was being able to force fumbles they were in the top 30 nationally last year in forcing fumbles and so that was something uh, that helped this crew out they were top 30 nationally in forced fumbles fumbles recovered and so you look at that and so that's something that you can build on but this is a unit that needs to be opportunistic I mean last year 
Their opponents fumbled 21 times. They lost 13. App State fumbled 12 times, but they only lost five. And this was a team that when they did get interceptions, I mean, they they did pretty good, you know. So they would get pretty good returns on that one. So uh, this is just a defense that's going to be under new leadership, a lot of new parts. And so do you think that, though, when you, when you look at everything in its totality, that this defense on its surface is going to hurt the team more, especially in the interim because of so many new parts with a new defensive coordinator? Do you think that's a recipe for a slow start? No, I, I actually think this is a very welcomed change to have this new defensive coordinator come in because you do get the best of both worlds. And I know how y'all App State fans are. Y'all do like keeping it within the family when you hire different coaches. Even if Eli Drinkwitz does come over and have a very successful one season, you did like the Sean Clark hire. We'll see if that remains true after what was a 500 season last year. But Clark needed to make changes offensively and defensively, and that's exactly what he did, specifically defensively. And this is somebody coming over that knows the area really well and is going to help in a major area that you struggled in last year. As we talk about those interceptions, man, that's going to help your offense so much especially if the name of the game is going to be keeping the ball on the ground, having a really strong rushing attack, which is something you expect. And so, okay, if you can win the possession more often than not, and then you can go ahead and and force turnovers with your defense, keep the ball in your hands on offense, I think that is a recipe for success with this App State team. I expect them to win more than the six games they did last year. We won't give our final predictions until the end of team week, just like we did with ECU last week. But I think App State bounces back pretty nicely, and I think it starts with the major overhaul on defense. Yeah, and when you look at these guys last season, their record when they gave up 10 or fewer points, they were undefeated. When they gave up 11 to 19 points, they were undefeated. But then it got a little sketchy. When they gave up over 20 points, they were one and six uh, last season. And so when you look at that schedule, especially early on, you definitely point to that North Carolina game and they're going to be on the road this time. I mean, do you think that Drake May is just going to eviscerate them again? Because that was in a way his, his coming out part. When you look at just the fact of the numbers he put up, the plays that he was making. I remember one throw when he hit, I believe, the tight end. He zipped that thing in into bracket coverage. But uh, do you think that that they're going to have just a a really, really difficult time, especially early on with a North Carolina and an East Carolina in there? Yeah, I mean, those those are monster games to start off. And so I guess when we look at the schedule, we'll talk a little bit about the beginning of the season. Are you going to be able to get past a one or two of those losses and get back on track? Because North Carolina on the road and ECU, even if that game is at home, those are going to be monster games. I saw an article on uh, ESPN discussing how that ECU App State matchup is one of the bigger group of five matchups in all of college football. Oh, and it's happening at the beginning of your season on September 16th at 3.30. Then you have to travel on the road for a couple of games. Then when you come back home, you get Coastal Carolina. It gets a tough schedule for them, the way that this thing starts out. So, You can feel good about App State, like I do, about them bouncing back. But yeah, it gets off to a rough start, especially with a couple road games after tough in-state games that they have in North Carolina and ECU, the first three contests that they have. Yeah, and so I'm going to look at a guy like a Sean Collins that they brought in from Rutgers. I think he's going to be huge for them uh, this season because he had 28 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss and four sacks. Uh, at Rutgers, so they're going to need him to be able to step in immediately 
and, and be able to produce for them. And then Michael Fletcher, he was a little used uh, defensive end at Michigan State, but he was there for four seasons. He had three sacks, four tackles for loss, and 31 tackles in 22 career games. And so this is a guy you like the size, 6'6", 260, and also the size on Sean Collins, 6'5", 250, man. So these are two guys that they're definitely going to need to come in immediately and make an impact. Last thing I'll say about Scott Sloan, who I think very highly of, he's going to really help with recruiting. He was doing a good job as the program's recruiting coordinator. His last stint helped sign some pretty highly regarded classes, the first being in 2012. You had some NFL players in those mixes and the numbers it was evident how good he was at one, not only getting the talent, but also making the most of the talent that he did bring into that program the first seven, eight years that he was with App State. So I really like that they were able to go get Sloan. I think App State fans should be very happy about it, and it does seem like they are. Yeah, I think that they are too. And when you look at a breakdown, College Football News listed their 10 best players. And when you look at their top 10, three of those guys are on the defensive side because another defensive end uh, that we didn't talk much about that they're going to be counting on is DeAndre Dingle Prince. And then, as I said, you have uh, Nick Ross is labeled as their best player. And then you have the linebacker, Andrew Parker. So App State's definitely got its hands, uh, got its work cut out for them as far as what they're going to have to deal with in the Sun Belt. So we'll see if they can get that defense with all those new parts together, new defensive coordinator. It's going to be interesting up there on the map. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. And your biggest heartbreaks. History made by Appalachian State. They win an unprecedented third straight national championship. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. Appalachian State has done it again. The wait is over. College football is here. Team Week continues as we talk about App State. It's Wes and Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. ECU was last week. We're starting to finish up talking about App State. Heading into ACC Media Days next week. Also, we'll be talking about the Charlotte 49ers football program going in to next season. So we still have some Mountaineer talk for you, though, right now. With a couple of rapid-fire questions. 
figuring out exactly what the most important conference game is, the guy with the most pressure. Let's start with most important conference game. Wes, if you look at their schedule, we talked about it yesterday. Two out of their first three monster games at North Carolina and then at home against ECU. But once you get into conference play, Sunbelt, pretty good conference. We saw App State struggle last season with a losing record in conference. App State this year, according to Athlon Sports, is expected to finish fourth just within their division, not even just within the conference. The 2023 predictions, Athlon has them finishing fourth behind not only Coastal Carolina, but also Marshall and James Madison. So if they're coming in at fourth, and you have a couple of those schools at home, like Coastal, like Marshall, those are going to be more favorable matchups. I have Marshall being their most important conference game Mm -hmm. because you're going to go on the road two more times after that. You might get what is considered, I don't know, layup seems a little too harsh, but Georgia State is is picked to finish last in the division this upcoming season. You do have to play it on the road, though. And then you got a couple of tough opponents after that in James Madison on the road. And then you have Georgia Southern, your rival, the last game of the season. So if you get a big win against Marshall, you have a potential to rack up a few wins in a row, especially with Southern Miss being the game before that. So 11-4, you play Marshall. 11-11, you're on the road against Georgia State. 11-18, you're on the road against James Madison before you finish at home against Georgia Southern. I just think if you win against Marshall... A tough opponent, an opponent that's given you trouble the last couple of seasons. I think that goes a long way for you to finish this season on a high note. And eventually, look, they were just flirting with bowl eligibility last year. They were 500. I don't expect that to happen. I have high hopes for this App State team. I will expect them to win that game. But I do think that's the one I point to, even with some plenty of games to choose from. Coastal Carolina, very tough matchup. I go with Marshall being the most important conference game for them this upcoming year. Well, I think with all of the guys that they need to replace, we talked about the defensive issues. We talked about uh, the quarterback situation and it possibly being up in the air. I'm going to go with Georgia Southern because I think that these could be two teams that are sitting there still trying to figure out uh, where they're going to go in their season at that point. When you look at Athlon's preseason prognostications, they're talking about these guys being kind of similarly ilked, so to speak, because they picked App State 4, Georgia Southern 5, and also because of that get back. Okay, Georgia Southern beat Nebraska last year. They beat James Madison, but they beat App State to get to the postseason. Okay, they got extra weeks of football off of your back. And so that's got to stick in your crawl if you are App State. And this is a team that could be coming down the stretch needing all the wins that they can get. And so I think this is one you have to have. You talked about the rivalry. Georgia Southern, their defense returns only three starters, so this is going to be a unit with a lot of new pieces. But by the end of the year, they should have a little bit of chemistry, but they were not good at stopping the run last year. They gave up over 230 yards a game and nearly 32 points a game. What does App State love to do? They love to run that rock, so those running backs should be just drooling on themselves for what they could do to this defense. They got a Tulsa transfer in Davis Brand that will be there at quarterback. And they've got some good skill talent. They've got a running back, Jalen White, that ran for 900 yards and a couple of receivers that caught a decent amount of passes. But 
when you look at this team, I think this is a team that is in transition. We talked about new defensive coordinator, lots of new pieces there. So I think Georgia Southern could come down yet again to either of these teams hinging their bow hopes on a victory in this ball game. All right, yeah. I mean, tough. Look, Sunbelt's tough. I mean, we saw it last year. We saw Coastal Carolina, Marshall. It does help App State. They're both going to the mountain, and then also you are seeing Georgia Southern there. So, I mean, that's huge, right? Like, we, we'll break down the schedule a little bit more tomorrow, but Coastal, Marshall, and Georgia Southern all taking place at Kid Brewer Stadium. Big-time advantage for App State this upcoming season. Home field advantage should help them in some of the tougher games in conference. Let's go to the figure with the most pressure. Very careful to not say player because I did want to include coaches here. And if you include coaches, Wes, do you have anybody with more pressure than Sean Clark this season, or is that the answer, their head coach that wins it as 6-6? Six and six? Yeah, I think so because this is a program that does not take losing lightly. This is a program that's gotten used to winning. They're accustomed, they're spoiled, and they want to continue the tradition of winning football games. And so I think that if he turns in another subpar year or a year that's not up to their standards, then fans are going to start looking at him. And whether you could say, yeah, there's been a lot in transition and we've had to replace a lot of guys, fans are going to start looking at you saying, well, hey, where's the recruiting? Because Jerry Moore or Scott Satterfield or any of those guys could find the diamonds in the rough because that is what you have to do at App State. You're going to find diamonds in the rough. Now, I did look at their recruiting class, their commits, and their recruiting class was ranked 86 in the country, but they do have a four-star in tow. Grant Tucker out of Charlotte Christian here in Charlotte, North Carolina, listed as an athlete, so we'll see if he contributes immediately. So that looks good on your resume. And they've got plenty of three-stars, but then the fans are going to be looking at you saying, well, aren't you developing these guys? Shouldn't they be ready to play? So yeah, man, I think it's going to be a tough road to hoe for him if he cannot get the wins that they want. Sean Clark is the right answer. I'll give you another one that I don't think is that far off. Give me Ryan Berger. Ryan Berger stepping into a quarterback position. Pretty clearly, if you're going to play that spot at App State, then it's going to come with a lot of pressure, no doubt about it. I think what's added on to this, though, Wes, it's the fact that they haven't been without a good quarterback in quite some time. Zach Thomas, if you look at what he did at App State, ever since he took that starting job in 2018, he was a monster. 21 touchdowns to six interceptions, 28 touchdown passes to six interceptions in 18 and 19. 2020, the stats derailed just a little bit and throw for as many yards. I guess there was some question about him in that 2020 year, but at the same time, I still think a pretty damn good QB during his time on the mountain. So then when you transition to Chase Bryce after he transferred from Clemson to Duke, struggled at Duke, throwing a bazillion interceptions and then going to App State, really settled down. How about 27 touchdown passes in 2021, 11 interceptions, 27 touchdown passes again last year, except he cut down on the interceptions, even if it came sacrificing uh, fewer passing yards as well. Bottom line, you've had five straight years of a quarterback that you could depend on, and you've already gone through one transition where it went pretty well. People are high on Ryan Berger. People like him. Redshirt freshman, so he's not totally new to the college football scene. But if Sean Clark is the number one answer, I won't disagree with that. I do think there's quite a bit on Ryan Berger to come in and pick up right where they left off because they've already gone through one pretty decent transition after some question marks. If he doesn't play well or up to whatever expectations you have, you mentioned the spoiled fan base. 
might not be all that kind to their starting QB. Yeah, not at all. And so you're talking about, too, a, a well-balanced offense last year that they had. You talk about Cameron Peoples, that is an undrafted free agent for the Carolina Panthers and what he was able to do last year. And then App State, though, they ranked top 20 nationally in passing touchdowns, turnovers lost, and passing efficiency. So this was an offense that was able to get it down, get it done on the ground and in the air. So Ryan Berger definitely has uh, large shoes to fill, and he will get the chance to do so uh, early on against teams whose defenses aren't necessarily, I wouldn't look at them and say these are the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers from back in the day. We know North Carolina's defense and what they represent. Yeah. They've got some good linebackers, but I think you and I and Fiddy could go out there and probably get 35 on uh, North Carolina. East Carolina is also another team that is out there as well that we talked about their defensive struggles and how many guys they need to replace. So Ryan Berg is going to have a lot of opportunity to establish himself early uh, as a force to be reckoned with at the quarterback position and make good on the hype that everybody has placed upon him. So here we are talking about the talent on App State. But one of the questions surrounding a lot of the big-time group of five schools, it's the NIL system and how much of an effect it's going to have on an App State or even an ECU. When We talked about them last week, having a good football tradition how much does nil hurt app state and even a team like ecu is this a program you could see potentially becoming a farm system or is there enough there to say no this is a legit football school they'll be just fine with nil yeah every school is going to have players come and go now especially in this era the transfer portal but if you are a great player at app state it is going to get harder and harder to keep those guys in school because the big schools are going to come and call them with the bags of money that's going to be hard for app state to keep up with with. They could end up becoming a farm system. You have to get kids that are really committed to what you do, but at the same time this is also a program that a lot of these kids who do get illusions of grandeur and go to schools that uh, that may be a little bit above the player that they are, that when that doesn't work out, App State is going to always be a top choice because of the pedigree. So I think it kind of works both ways from them. They're going to get enough talent, especially high-end talent that's going to bounce back from the FBS schools that will help them to be able to compete in the Sun Belt, but at the same time, they're going to have to get a little bit leery. Like if a Ryan Berger comes out and has a fantastic freshman season, you have to start getting nervous uh, in Boone because you know that there are going to be schools that say, oh yeah, there's a kid down at App that looks like a pretty good player. Let's give him a couple million dollars to come up here and be our guy. So th- those are some of the real worries if you're a program like App. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Come out to the Michigan Wolverines! 
biggest heartbreaks. History made by Appalachian State. They win an unprecedented third straight national championship. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. And Appalachian State has done it again. The wait is over. College football is here. Are you guys ready to run through a brick wall? Yeah! You ready to go out there and win the Bourbon Bowl in the second half? Yeah! I went to Waterboy right there. Bobby, <laughs> you sound you sound like Pastor Troy. <laughs> yeah! I used to listen to it to get me hype. It's the second time. I, we bring up Pastor Troy. I'm going to take a guess. I think we could get him on the show. Probably more than any other, maybe even just radio show in the country. Not even just sports show. I'm going to say we bring up Pastor Troy more than any other radio show, even hip-hop radio show, period. Well, he's one of my favorites all time, so I definitely... Uh, you are ready to fight right now. Yeah, I man. feel like that is Popeye's spinach to anybody that listens to it. Oh, for sure. You just listen to that, and you're ready to go. You're ready to fight like three weight classes up and probably win that match. I remember I played my friend when I was at Full Sail. He was from, um, oh, I forget which island he was from. It was one of those tropical islands. And I played him Pastor Choice. I like that too. I played him uh, Pastor Choice's first album. And I remember he said, I mean, this was raw Pastor Choi. We mm-hmm. ready, 100, uh, all those stuff. And he said, I've never heard anybody so angry. He's so angry. He's so mad all the time. Yeah. And this was the album before that, the very first one. I think he was selling those out of his trunk. And he's like, man, I never heard anybody so angry. Um, am I getting my mystical and Pastor Troy mixed in a little bit? You might have a little bit of a hybrid. Yeah. Mystica Troy. Uh, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> maybe Pastor Mystical. Maybe yeah, Pastor Mystical. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what we'll roll with. All right, before we get to Team Week 2, I'm sorry, App State. You got to hold off a little bit because we got a response on a story when I was talking about J.C. Horn. I went to the foul line because I was defending J.C. Horn. I was defending J.C. Horn's awful rating on Madden. That came in, I believe, at an 83, right, Wes? Yes. 83. It's still bad. Yeah, I I'm thought that was to, low, too, man. I'm liable to go to the foul line again, but I'm not going to do it for the sake of the intro already playing. But J.C. Horn should have been a top, maybe even 10 corner, to be honest with you. I'd have been cool with that. I'd have put him in the top 10. That's fine with me. But nowhere outside the top 20. And so you filmed. You've been doing this when anybody goes to the foul line. You put us on the camera. You put it on social media. Mm -hmm. You put it on the gram. Mm -hmm. You tagged J.C. Horn in my defense of J.C. being ranked too low. In that defense, I did say you had a bad game against Detroit or something like that. Uh And I was just going according to PFF. Because PFF credits J.C. Horn as giving up five receptions on five targets for 94 yards. It's a lot. But PFF might have a different definition than everybody else evaluating the game, including one J.C. But you put it out there. You tagged him. J.C. responded, Wes. He said, he BSing though. I gave up one catch for 20 yards versus Detroit. I'm sorry, J.C. He did give three laughing face emojis. He so did. maybe he meant it in all fun because I'm actively defending him as much as possible. But, J.C., I just want to tell you, I apologize. I didn't watch the film before I said that, so maybe I'm wrong. I was just going according to PFF. But if you have a problem, 
go to PFF, and I'll apologize too, but make sure you tag PFF as well because I was just going based off their box. Yeah, and call in because all that means to me is we are lit, okay? (laughs) And if you want to get JC a little hyped as well, that's what I would do if I was his teammate. I'd walk up and I'd get right in his ear and I'd say, JC, they got AJ Terrell rated higher than you. Are you kidding me? Hey, JC, you know what PFF has you going for (laughs) against Detroit, right? Five targets, right. five receptions. Right. You gave up 90 yards. 90 yards? Yeah. What are you doing? I thought you were shut down. This, I guess not. This is like Mark Jackson and Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. the hype man. Reggie Miller versus the Knicks. Fitty's Knicks. Beating them down. Fantastic. I just had to get a shot at you, Fitty. <laughs> 704-570-9610. Feel free to get involved in the conversation as we continue and end the App State portion of our Team Week theme. Let's go over the schedule, Wes. Just like last time with ECU, we'll break these schedules down into four-game increments, and it's a big one for App State to start with. You have a game at home against Gardner-Webb, on the road against North Carolina, at home against DCU, and then you're going out west on the road against Wyoming. Those are the first four games of the season. I have them going 3-1 and one to start the year. I'm going to have Woo! them beating Gardner-Webb. I have them losing on the road to North Carolina. I This is where it's going to get a little dicey. It's going to be tough for me to keep track of my records that I had for other teams. I don't remember if I had ECU beating App State or losing to them. But I've got App State beating ECU now. I've changed my mind a week later if I did have ECU winning. App State wins at home, 3.30 kickoff, and then I think they win on the road the next week against Wyoming. 3-1 and one start to the season, Wes. Am I being too optimistic, or is that about right for you? Uh, that's about right for me as well, because I've got them beating Gardner-Webb. I got them losing to the Tar Heels, beating East Carolina, and beating Wyoming. Okay, so you've got them off to a 3-1 and one start. App State moving and grooving, 3-1. and one in the first quarter of the season. The next game's on the road against Louisiana Monroe, and then it gets tough. They have a home game against Coastal Carolina, on the road again against Old Dominion, and then at home against Southern Miss. Wes, I think they're going to beat Louisiana Monroe on the road again. I would concur. At uh, Against Coastal, it's going to be in Boone. It's going to be a monster game because I think you're going to have App State roll in with only one loss and that coming to a Power 5 con- uh, Power five program on the road. Only one loss against Coastal that night. I think they suffered their second loss. Coastal's going to be great this I year. I got that. I got that as well. Grayson McCall coming back. Plus, they just have a whole lot of skill position. You love what they're going to do with Tim Beck coming over as a head coach as well. Yeah, man. I like Coastal Carolina this year. I think they get it done, even if it is on the road for the Chanticleers. But they have a nice bounce-back game against ODU, who is projected to finish last in the division this upcoming season. So I do think they bounce back. They get that win against ODU. And I think they get another win. Southern Miss, I told you, this whole week, I expect App State to get things back on track after a 500 season. So that's another 3-1 and one record that I have. I have them 6-2 and two at the first 60% portion of the year. And with that said, too, I want to call out App State fans. I haven't Uh-oh. seen a lot of production from you guys on the text line. Now, come on now. You guys, love, busy as ECU. you guys love to come to weight games and talk about how you're the real black and gold, but you really can't tell the difference because it's yellow. You're not gold. <laughs> but you guys have been real quiet. Is it because you went 6-6 six and six that we're not hearing a lot from you guys right now? You want to be quiet. Then once you get a win, especially if you beat Carolina, good Lord, the text lines will be flooded. We won't hear enough from you. But, Clown show. Yes, I just wanted to give 
give that quick little uh, okay. Call know, them out. Quick little shot. Call to them out. The App State fans who love to talk so much trash, but I've got them going three and one as well. Got them losing to Coastal, so I'm right with you so far. All right, so you have them at six and two. Yep. At this portion, the Southern Miss game is the interesting one. There, that's probably a little Coastal similar kind of coastal, ranked team. Yeah, Coastal and Southern Miss, but I, I I think they lose to Coastal, but I think they do beat Southern Miss as we just stated. All right, let's go to the last four games of the season. At home against Marshall, on the road against Georgia State, on the road against James Madison, at home against Georgia Southern. Wes, this is an amazing end. This is kind of the bookend type schedule for App State. Tough one at the beginning, tough one at the end, perhaps in the middle, but not even really, man. I mean, honestly, Coastal, as we mentioned, that's going to be a tough matchup there. So I am going to go with App State to beat Marshall at home. And Marshall is predicted to finish second in the division this upcoming season. I just think App State having another contest at home. I don't think they're going to lose both of the big games to Coastal and Marshall at Kid Brewer. I think they're going to be hungry after a loss to Coastal in this hypothetical scenario. So they get the job done here. I think they win against Georgia State as well. The James Madison and Georgia Southern games I'm having trouble with. Because James Madison's going to be good again this year, too. So if you have James Madison finishing towards the top of the conference and Georgia Southern being just a rival game in App State, they're one to struggle with them as well. I've got them splitting that one. So they have a loss to James Madison on the road. Okay. I'm going to have them finishing with the victory. So three and one, three and one, three and one, baby. I've got them nine and three this year. That's what I'm going to roll with. What say you on their overall schedule? I've got them losing to Marshall. Okay. Then I've got them beating Georgia Southern, taking the L to James Madison, and then getting that get back, getting that lick back against Georgia Southern. So I've got them finishing eight and four on the year, a tick below you. Okay. Eight and four, nine and three. Either way. I think a pretty solid year for App State, given the 500 record. And I think, I don't know, I would love to hear from App State fans. 704-570-9610. If our schedule predictions come as true <laughs> and Wes has them going with eight wins, I have them winning nine games. Would you be happy if you got eight or nine wins this season? Fitty, what say you? Let's get an outsider perspective from inside the Planet Kia Studios with us predicting the schedule. Do you think that App State fans would be pleased with an eight or nine win season? What are they doing with in terms of their conference championship? Like, are, like, are they getting there? Are they are they winning the conference title? Are they getting there and losing? Like, in my opinion, if, if they're nine and three, I don't know how you could be upset about that. And even like even eight and four, like if this is a reset year and you, and you go eight and four you, you know you got you still got a chance to win nine games i wouldn't be i wouldn't be upset with that um but i mean we, we've seen this fan base very restless with sean clark after the up and down year they experienced last year yeah i would expect them to be happy with this right Wes? if they finish with eight or nine wins yeah i think so too especially with the new quarterback all the turnover on defense i could see that all day uh pilot mike said i just text in come on Wes, play that intro again it's got me pumped up driving to the airport hey safe travels pilot mike he also gave a prediction 10 and 2 they knock off unc and they lose one that they should win, accounting for a 10-2 and two record. Uh, the problem is, or not even a problem, the thing with them trying to predict the schedule, I, I guess I could see it. I, 
I think the defensive coordinator hire in Sloan bringing him back is going to be a big deal. I, I don't know, Wes, am I putting too much into that? I just think that the secondary, he's done wonders with secondaries in the past, yeah. and they have a pretty talented secondary. Even if you have questions at cornerback, you have a transfer that's going to come in and bring you that experience. Ross is going to be a stud in the secondary. I know the pass rush is a little questionable right now, but I don't think it's outright bad. They're a little young at the linebacker spot. I just think the defense isn't going to be as bad as it was last year. I think Berger, who to me is projected to be the QB, but there still is a battle kind of like the ECU thing that we have. You have a favorite, but it still will be a legitimate battle. I just think that App State will come back. They will win enough games to satisfy the App State fans. And I do think there's enough talent on both sides of the ball to where you can be a very nice running team with enough accuracy throwing downfield, and the defense will hold up strong enough. Well, we know that that defense was adept last year forcing fumbles, but they need to be able to get better at getting those turnovers, getting their hands on the football, getting interceptions. As I talked about uh, earlier this week, they were dead last in the conference in interceptions, only had seventh. But the problem is, when you look at this defense they were 12th and third down conversion defense got to get better there eighth in sacks by and ninth and defensive efficiency that so that worries me a little bit i think they're going to play a lot of games like what they played last year high scoring arena football type of games but uh i think that this team will still have enough just off of pedigree i'm giving them a lot of love off yeah. of uh, pedigree and what they've been matters that matters and plus with sloan once again you mentioned the lack of interceptions sloan what he does when he takes over a defense is he forces you to turn the ball over yeah and i think that's a big deal especially with what we talk about with the defensive back unit mike from Monroe said, I think eight or nine wins will be a good turnaround from last year. App is out for blood against Chapel Hill. We beat them at their house before. What say you on that text, Biddy? Yeah, um, it's, it's it's UNC to you. It's not it's not Chapel Hill, Mike from Monroe. <laughs> um, so here's my thing. If if we lose at home to this for the second time in five years to, to Appalachian State, I'll probably go off the deep end and, and officially fire Mike uh, Mac Brown. Oh no! You couldn't beat us last year at home in a, in a game that was built for y'all to win. And you think you're going to come to Chapel Hill and, and beat Drake May? Now is North Carolina as good as they were last year? Though that's the question. I think they're kind of where they were a, a year ago. I think they're, uh, depending on what the defense is, like Drake's going to put up at least 40-45 on them. It's, 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 can you hold them under that? I just don't see them coming there and beating beating Drake. I don't either. I think it'll be a good game just because App will play with that, uh, just that chip on their shoulder playing against an in-state team. I think neither one of these teams will have shut down defenses. So I think that's going to be the name of the game, much like last year. Maybe not as high scoring, but I think it's going to be a good game. But I think Carolina comes out on top. All right, top. some more texts coming in. Rather be golfing. 9-3 sounds acceptable for the Mountaineers to me, considering last season's disappointing result. You uh, see my mom snuck in a text. Oh, there. no, what'd she say? What'd she say? I'm scrolling. Uh, Fonda, Ms. Fonda wrote in. I apologize. That's Ms. Fonda to me. App State fans aren't calling because they are just learning how to use a phone. Ah! 
<laughs> you can't expect much when their fans don't know the difference between gold and yellow. Yeah. Yeah, we just talked about moms getting in the fight. <laughs> Miss Bryant getting in the fight against that. You can State see why fans. I get the trash talking. That's from, right, folks. That's right. Uh, Jason from Lenore has a game he wants to highlight. He says App State versus Wyoming starts at 7 p.m., while Ohio State versus Notre Dame kicks off at 7.30. Sorry, but I'll be watching the Irish upset another top five after knocking off Clemson Ooh. in South Bend last It's going to be a good game. Mm. Which one? Ohio State, Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, that is it is. At South Bend. Yeah, I think because it's at South Bend. Well, this is the difference in opinion between you two on Marcus Freeman. You I like think, Marcus Freeman a lot. You don't believe in Marcus Freeman taking over for Brian Kelly? Not not in terms of him. Ele- like, do I think he's going to elevate them past what Brian Kelly did, which was take it into the playoff and national title games and the like? No, I don't. I think he's going to take them to the playoffs, but I think he's going to run into the same problem Brian Kelly did. You just don't have enough up front, mm-hmm. especially defensively in that interior, to compete with the SEC teams and the Clemsons of the world. Maybe I'm an idiot. I still believe before it's said and done, Urban Meyer will coach Notre Dame. <laughs> it still won't matter. Whoa. Coming in with yeah, Urban Meyer. Their academics in this era of college football, their academics limit them too much. Well, I mean, they're still able to. Yeah, you know, Brian Kelly, like I said, not a fan of the guy, but not gonna, you know, not gonna hedge on him being a very good coach. Seven oh four said new QB, lame duck coach for App. Not optimistic. That's Kyle <laughs> from Davidson. So yeah, Kyle from Davidson, not optimistic about App. I am. So I gave some love. I know Charlotte fans aren't happy with me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Got to call it like I see it. Yeah, I think Big App T from NC said that my mom is confusing App State fans with Western Carolina fans. So <laughs> oh, it's getting no, a little nasty in there. Getting smoke. a little nasty in there. Yeah, cover your ears, Smoke. She doesn't mean it. Big <laughs> T doesn't mean it. It's all about App State. Um, all right, that'll do it for Team Week.